0: Real estate is the 11th sector of the S&P 500. It's really very important, both residential and commercial, for economic growth and activity, for housing, for offices, for warehousing, and of course, for income. Today, we have a special guest, and that's Joe Peters, who is with Caldwell Banker in their Warren Watchung, New Jersey office.
2: As Fred reminded me, it is episode 133 of Money Matters USA, the podcast. That's the firm name. That's Fred's firm, uh, founder and managing director of the fiduciary firm Money Matters USA. Fred in the financial services industry for years and holding a Ph.D. in economics from Duke University. I'm Dave Perkins. And Fred, as you said, we have a special guest in the studio today.
0: Yeah, we do. And we're we're thrilled. This is a reunion of sort. I think this is Joe's third time uh on 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 our podcast podcast.
2: yeah you know it's a really interesting topic too and it's something that everyone's watching now and that is the housing market so we're going to get into it as you said earlier uh uh, joe is with colwell banker he is a residential real estate agent and the website if you'd like to learn more about joe peters by the way it's jpeters.com joe welcome to the podcast
3: Hey, thanks. I appreciate you having me. I don't know if it is the second or third time. It's always been fun, though. Fred's been on my radio show several times, and that yeah. morphed into a podcast over the COVID experience that we had. It was okay. God's way of saying, what are you guys all driving around for? <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, Joe, just to refresh the audience's uh, memory and those who uh, are, are newer listeners, this is not your first career so you're a technology guy yeah so how did you get into real estate
3: it's it was a transition of love Um, I in effect was a large ticket software exec I worked As you said, you got 11 sectors, or the 11th sector, there's 16 uh, logical sectors in business. And I worked a retail vertical. Retail also touches uh, consumer packaged goods and then ready to wear, which is the manufacturing side. So I was doing major account work for SAP and Oracle on the retail vertical um, all across the country. It was an interesting career, but. I as a part time thing got interested in real estate investing and then as I came into work of too many great things on top of my head uh, it was harder to find a job and I slowly transitioned away from corporate sales over to real estate sales It allows me to use my technical skills my interpersonal skills my sales skills and I, I'm a people person I just enjoy working with people and it allows me to do that.
0: I know that you have a unique approach uh, in, in residential real estate where you are applying your uh, technology skills. And I've never heard anyone, I'm not aware of anyone who approaches the, uh, the the whole process and uh, the way you do. So could you give our uh, listeners uh, some understanding of, of how, you don't have to tell them how you do it, but just some understanding of, of how you approach it and, and why your approach is completely different than anybody else's approach.
3: Sure, um, it's a little bit of my company and a lot of it of me. Uh, we, in effect, if you're going to list your house Use artificial intelligence to understand where people are moving to your area from. Now, that doesn't sound that difficult. You can typically buy statistics from the post office, but when you apply the fact that I know what zip codes they're coming from, I know their average income and education level, we can start advertising immediately to the area that most likely people will move to the area from and expedite your whole sale. Cycle on the house. Good example. Um, when I joined Warren Watchung office about five years ago, the number one zip code at that point—I think it probably is pretty much still the same—was Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. I mean, if you came into that old <laughs> King shopping center, all you'd see were New York plates on a Saturday, <laughs> Sunday. Wow. So we use we use that, and we also use statistics on um, who's most likely to sell their house next in order to find. why why do to spray and pray and send out a hundred postcards or letters when you can send out four or five for a targeted uh approach so there's a lot to be done with technology and it's becoming easier to do um everybody's heard of artificial technology but quite honestly it's absolutely amazing what you can do with ai today and that's just one of the many things we do to to sort of separate us from the rest of the pack.
0: Yeah. Any, uh, anyone who, or any business that uses uh, artificial intelligence and understands how to, how to use it because artificial intelligence is not, I know it's going to sound absurd, but it's not intelligent. No. You you have (laughs) to, I mean, it's, it's, it looks for pattern recognition and it's, and it learns and if you have to negotiate with it, talk to it, instruct it, refine it, and it can do amazing things uh, for for you. So (laughs) once you start using it, your productivity uh, increases, your focus increases, and you start to get results that you wouldn't get just with a pad and paper or a one-dimensional Excel uh, uh, sheet, or even with a CRM system that... that, uh, uh, that that doesn't give you the, this kind of three-dimensional or multi-dimensional. view. You know, would you would you uh, would you say? How, can you be a little more specific uh, about how you use AI to infuse the work that you do and how it's made yeah. a difference for you?
3: I I um, I'll give you one example of we we try to, right now. It's a buyers market. I should say it's a sellers market. We have more buyers than sellers. So it's a seller's market, and when I deal looking for a seller, I typically don't want to go to somebody who bought their house the last three or four years. Uh, I want to find somebody who's got no kids at home and has been in the house 5, 10, 15 years. So I use it to isolate those people and single them out, and it's pretty good at predicting who would sell their house. Now people have been a step ahead of me in selling this as a service but you can quite honestly do it on your own if you have access to the right data. And on the buyer's side, um, we use, I tell the buyers that it's such a hard job to find a piece of real estate today, it's gonna be a match, we've gotta sort of lurk. We need to identify the neighborhoods, the style house, the price range, get you all pre-qualified so if we do see one, we can pounce. And then we sit there with the computer watching the new listings, sending them to them and me each time one comes out. i a young lady would like to live in Somerville. She grew up in Brooklyn. She just likes the downtown, uh, whatever. Well, Somerville's a pretty sought after market.
1: So yeah, yes, not,
3: and, and then at the same time, the qualification level's maybe a little above the mean level for people buying in Somerville. So the ones that she's looking for are really sought after, they're not the higher priced ones. And uh, we put the two and two together to the point that at least we're on top of what's coming on the market. Um, the everything we do, we do some internal um, st- storytelling to tell you, hey, I got a customer looking for this. If anybody's got it coming on, but that's not really automated. That's that's pulling out of your uh, sphere of influence, not only on right. clients but real estate agents. I'm, I'm I'm getting today a feeling though that. The world has radically changed, both with artificial intelligence, but it's also changed as far as economics go. Um, I just read over the weekend that both Japan and um, the UK have gone into recession following China. And kind of concerning because, you know, we've been talking about having a recession or a soft landing and then mm-hmm. I think the best description I've ever heard about it was it's going to be by sector it's a rolling recession like yeah. real estate is went through it the last year and a half and we're probably coming out of it. Um, but I'm witnessing when we get a new client and they go talk first thing I second thing I do you know I, I can usually ask enough questions to qualify a client. If, if I say, you know, what kind of work do you do? How long have you been there? Where'd you go to school? Um, if they're pushing carts at ShopRite, they're probably not a good buyer. If <laughs> you know, in their third year of a law career or a financial career, they're, they're more aligned. And I send them to the um, to a mortgage person to say, hey, you know, I always come up with a little bit of a story that's going to benefit them to do the first logical step and say, so You may be able to qualify for more than you think you can because we have some very innovative loans out there. As a matter of fact, um, there's a first time buyer loan. If you've got two people earning under like 139 in New Jersey, it's got a ratio based on where you're at. They pay just about all the closing costs. That doesn't mean we're going to find you a house any quicker, but it might mean you don't need the closing costs to buy a house. Yeah. So, but what I'm witnessing, Fred, and this disturbs me because I'm a logical person now we've known each other almost ten years um, you only make so much money, and out of that money, you've got to pay a lot of things mm-hmm. and we We use for years and years a twenty eight thirty six ratio twenty eight percent of your gross should be going to your housing that's Mortgage interest not including utilities, but whatever the monthly expenses are to pay the mortgage And then you got another eight percent to pay everything else, which is not a hell of a lot I mean you probably got a car payment might have some school debt yet a couple of credit cards And the balance between 36 and whatever you're bringing home, which is probably about 65 percent Is what goes into? um, paying the utilities paying the uh putting some money away for the next car, funding your 401k, or maybe the kids' education. Well I've seen the rate that we're qualifying people jump up into the 40s at this point in time from the 28th percentile. I had a mortgage guy tell me last week, last month anyway, that if the person's qualified and doesn't have a lot of debt and has enough assets, we can get them almost up to 50% of their gross on housing. That's scary because if something falters, like if it's based on two salaries and one of them gets cut back, even, mm-hmm. even losing the job, um, you're pretty tight. But the, the other thing that I'm seeing is that everything else is going up as well. So how can we raise the pound? We're going to let you borrow to afford housing when car payments have gone up and interest payments have gone up on your other loans and and whatever and it almost seems with looking at the recessionary trend worldwide and us being rumored to be right around the corner or just avoiding one and the people putting more and more into their house and having less and less for backup or other expenses that we're really we're pulling both ends together, not in a good way, and that that comes under the general umbrella of affordability. I mean, it's expensive to own a house anymore.
0: Yeah, it it is, and unfortunately, <coughs> excuse me, pardon me. You know, somewhere along the line, I'm not quite sure which president's administration was done, but I. Respect. It was it was Clinton because in my consulting days I had a lot of banks as uh, as as clients, and um, I I there was a lot of pressure uh, to on on banks among other things to to make loans uh, to people who were not otherwise uh, qualified. And as you right. say, if they ran into any stormy weather. Would be in great difficulty to be able to carry uh, the uh, the house. So uh, I've even seen now that uh, some uh, that you know, that's, in certain certain circumstances you could put two percent down and and, right. and get a ninety eight percent mortgage. And I think that's insanity. And uh, I my going back to going back to the Clinton administration, and I'm not knocking them. And this is not political or anything of the sort. My concern, you know, there is is that if people can't save uh, in, you know, IRA, 401k, 457, simple, whatever. You know, son, son, son of IRA, whatever you yeah, want. Yeah. Uh, you know, then the idea was to give them wealth, as housing wealth, and and then uh, you know they'd be able to tap equity in their house, you know, as, as needed uh, to be able to support themselves uh, and their uh, spouse, uh, you know, later on in life, plus Social Security if if they didn't have retirement assets, and. Uh, it's also a way, you know, some, th- there is a wealth effect, and it is psych- it is psychological, uh, you know, p- that people will look at their portfolio, and if the market is up, they feel wealthy. If the market is down, they feel right. poor. Right, right, uh, And it's the same thing, I think, about, uh, you know, about housing. People check, uh, um, you know, appraisal, for example, and see what, what the uh, consensus view of their of their house of their you know of their houses but uh I you know I I think that's that's an enormous it's an enormous um you know challenge and you alluded to the imbalance between um, housing supply and housing demand do you, do you do you you want to unpack that a little bit for us
3: yeah, I had uh, James Hughes from Rutgers on two weeks ago on my podcast, and we talked, James ran the, Jimmy ran the uh, Blaustein School for years, and now he's uh, retired at, at working on what he likes to work on, or emeritus, if I'm saying the word right. Yeah. Uh, and he was saying that you got to think about where we came from and where we're going. He said back post-World War II, we're now going back, 70 years, we were building 800-square-foot houses with three postage-sized bedrooms in it and raising yeah. 3.6 kids. Um, today, we're sitting in 4,000-square-foot houses, and the kids are all gone. And the only reason we're not selling it is we're comfortable, and the interest rates are too high to cash in my 3% and go to a 7 or 8%. So we're, we sort of get in our own way. Um there's, there's two phenomena going on right now. The one that I just called, talked about where people are locked into their mortgage, they're not going to change that mortgage for a higher rate. Well, those people have an awful lot of equity. The equity, in effect, has built up probably just the value, the face value of the house, not much the equity has built up forty four percent over the last three or four years, one statistic I read. But I would say if you've been in a house five years and you haven't cashed out on a mortgage loan, you probably have better than fifty percent equity in your house. That's a very enviable position to be in, considering the average price of a house in New Jersey is in the, the four to five hundred range. Secondly, if if you did see a house down the street, And it was exactly what I needed. It's in the same neighborhood. We love the neighborhood. I'd have the same barber, the same church, the same grocery store. But in order to get a mortgage on that, I, in effect, would have to give up my low mortgage and go to a higher mortgage. Well, the real answer to it is, and this is enlightenment to them, that you probably have enough equity. You don't have to borrow any money. Mortgage interest probably shouldn't be a problem of yours. And there's some really interesting um, tools to do that—a reverse mortgage, or um, I just had uh, an associate of yours on uh, Mark.
0: From- oh, Mark Richards.
3: Richards, and he had a mortgage program. What did he call it? What, what we entitled our talk was. Incorporating your home equity into a retirement strategy.
0: Yeah, we've had Mark on.
3: Yeah, and he talked about HECM's, which are home equity. uh, And you you actually borrow against your equity and do what you want. You may want to help the kids buy a house. You may want to buy a summer house. You may want to do a lot, but you don't increase your income. You're just forfeiting the equity. And equity is a two-edged sword because... We have all of these people. If I was to give you my perfect picture of somebody I'd like to be talking to as they're 60 years old, they've been in her house five to 10 years, and the kids are gone. As a matter of fact, the kids are now bringing back grandchildren, and they'd like to be a little closer to them. Uh, that's my average seller because... That house is going to sell immediately. We just need to transition them. So this is what Mark and I were talking about. What are some of the tools to transition? On the buyer side, if you and the stay on the seller side for one more sentence, your equity is probably going to go up another five percent this year just on appreciation in New Jersey. We're forecasting a five percent appreciation rate. We have 7.43 last year. So the rates haven't—they have—they're not as good as they were three years mm-hmm. ago, but they're still going up because it's the supply-demand curve. We have more buyers right. than we have sellers, so they not only have equity, but the equity is continuing to build. Now we have the buyers. Now the buyers have a different issue; they have probably school debt that we never had when we came out of school, or at least it's so long ago paid off yep. we don't remember yep. it. They have a lot of demand based on what they want to do. I mean, driving the fancy car that you don't necessarily need is one of them. Look at what Sam Walton used to drive a pickup, and uh, <laughs> Charlie Unger drove a 52 Plymouth, I think. Uh, Munger, I guess his name was. I'm saying Unger. Uh, you know, the people who have money don't need to show off that they have money. That's cause... true. So That's
0: the millionaire next door.
3: The millionaire next door is a good example. So these younger people are doing one of several things. They're either staying in mom and dad's basement till mom and dad get to the point where they help them get out of the basement <laughs> yeah. their house back or they are renting an apartment. And if you stop at a red light and you look at what's going on, it's not new construction on housing. It's new construction on rentals. We put yeah. up at least thirty to forty thousand new rentals in New Jersey, and when you get into that trap, and uh, downtown Somerville is a good example. They put up beautiful multi-floor rentals in downtown Somerville yeah. that are—it's like Jersey City or Hoboken to the west. It's it's a better lifestyle on the street, but it's still a rental lifestyle. And it's going to cost you an average of $2,800 to 3000 to rent a two-bedroom apartment. And by the time you get two garage spaces, because they're high-rises, it's probably 3600 uh, on rent. Now, you may be spending the same amount of rent that you would on a mortgage. Yeah, But no. the issue is, if you put 20% down on rent, some people only put 5% down on the mortgage, I should say, um, the whole thing keeps going up, so you're not getting five percent on the twenty percent. You're getting five percent on a whole hundred yeah. percent. If you go into a rental, you're not building any equity. And as a matter of fact, because maybe it's a little less than owning a home, because you don't have the maintenance factors and whatever. You're not tied to living next door to the Joneses and trying to keep the hedges look as good as theirs. Um, you're you're in a situation where you're spending a lot of money and not accruing a lot of money so you you get out of dad's basement you get into a rental and now maybe a I saw one statistic that said an average renter has maybe five to six percent of their salary in equity or saved and an average homeowner has sixty to seventy percent. And it just happens naturally. That That's the American dream is only right, right. the white picket fence. And it grows and it grows and it grows. So we're getting because in New Jersey, we don't have new building at the entry level, we're getting less and less people starting their American dream. And we have at the same time more and more older people not ending what they're in. And unless they want to get closer to the grandkids, um they're they're, they're staying put because they can i'll give you a great example i have a friend who's a realtor and a husband passed unfortunately during covid and they had like a two and a quarter percent mortgage on the house and she says joe i can't believe what i'm not paying on mortgage payments why would i ever move she said i'm one person in a forty four hundred square foot house but it's cheaper than renting an apartment so in her case and and you get a lot of toxic tax advantage from owning a home it works so I see the divide widening not coming together um, the main reason being we're not starting any new affordable housing and Jim and I talked about that why aren't we building entry-level housing well one is we have bought all the cheap land and put houses on it already and number two, if we put so much jurisdiction in place that it's very expensive to build a new house anymore. And as a result, we're not building new houses. And then thirdly, the baby bust is coming at us. In three more years, we're not going to have as many first-time buyers as we do today because mm-hmm. of the, the ease of not having children and the high expense in having children when our population growth is over 65 is the for the first time ever in the last five years more than the people that are under 25 and hunter county for example two years ago had more more deaths than births i mean it's almost like wow. just if nothing happened and, and it does happen so it sort of never materializes but if nothing happened um we would eventually not have enough people to support what we have, and what does happen is typically yeah. immigration. Forgetting the illegal crossing the border, um, Somerset County would have a an issue in Pharma for entry-level college grads if it wasn't for immigration. People are coming in out of the countries to work here, and they're actually taking jobs that the people in New Jersey. Don't want to take or or aren't interested in, and are keeping the immigration is keeping the county at a sustained level in Somerset County. What we are also seeing, and I had this woman speak at a Somerset County um, event last week, last month, and she said we are the number one state in the nation for people moving out of New Jersey between the 18 and 34 category. They get their college degree, and either stay where they went to college, or they said, "You know what? The sunny sun is shinier over there. I'm headed somewhere else."
2: Where are they going?
3: Uh, into the Carolinas. Yeah. The the um, even New Jersey is a very expensive state. I I heard Chris Christie use a thing that I've repeated a hundred times since then. He spoke at our local firehouse back in. Oh, he was still governor, so whatever that was, probably 21, uh, yeah. he changed, or maybe it was 19. Um, and he said, look, you're paying four to $6,000 more to live in Hunterdon County. It was Hunterdon County. He says, and his complaint was, we send that money to other counties that aren't doing so well, and that's what we call an Abbott school system, and then you have no jurisdiction over where that money went or how it's being used. But you're paying more to live here. And Somerset yeah. County is very similar. Um, so when I get a person that comes to me, and I just had this happen out of Staten Island, who's living in an eight hundred fifty thousand dollar biplex in Staten Island, it's a side by side house. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And and he looks at. A place in Somerset County, that's a 55-plus, and he loves the development. He's looking at $14,000 taxes plus 400 in association, and he's paying $5,800 taxes in Staten Island. And I said to him, Chris Christie, handle this problem. You pay to live here. You may not want to <laughs> pay, but you may want to live here, and one yeah. is going to outweigh the other. Yeah.
0: Well, I'd rather live here than, than in, in New York City. But if I had to live in New York City, I'd live in Staten Island. <laughs> but, but that's not, I don't know how much that is saying. I don't want to insult people who, who live in New York. Uh, you know, uh, born and raised in, in Brooklyn, New York, but I've been away from Brooklyn since the uh, mid-1960s, so I have no idea what Brooklyn is like uh, anymore. I haven't been back either. <laughs> Well, except to close out my parents' apartment after, after their deaths.
3: Well, this so, woman who was looking to move into Somerville, um, and she's living in Morristown right now, which is a great downtown area as well, she said, it has a, it's not, you know, it's what you're used to. If you looked at it today and haven't been back for 40 years, you probably couldn't live there. But if you grew up there over the last 20 years, it's fine so you get acclimated to what is happening and used to it and i don't think i think there's some great sections in brooklyn um but it it has its little pockets of um religion and pockets of ethnicity and you're not in one of them or if it's changing away from you this was happening to this couple it's they felt like an outsider in the development they lived in for 30 years and just wanted to move on and i said well uh, jersey's a the, from the people I've moved to New Jersey, nobody ever wanted their money back. But it's more expensive. And yeah. it's, it's a it's a conscious move because what you don't like is probably going to get worse. And what you do like is always going to be here and it's going to eat away at you. And Damian and I had a customer last year where um, they're going to buy a townhouse because her sister lived here. And they were both retired. And they finally decided, even we were out of attorney review and asked to cancel a contract. Um, They really didn't want to live here. They loved where they lived in Queens, and that's where they wanted to stay the final Mm -hmm. year. Okay, I I can understand that.
0: Um, Yeah, yeah. D- Dave, you want to take the break now? Yeah, let's
2: take a, maybe a quick break, and we'll come back and uh, wrap up what's a great conversation with uh, Joe Peters, who is residential real estate agent with Howell Banker. Uh, the website to learn more about Joe, jpeters.com, jpeters.com, and back with more Money Matters
1: USA. Many of us look forward to the day we retire. We look forward to having more time to spend with our families, enjoying every day and maybe even taking that dream vacation out on the open road. Don't let the fear of uncertainty turn your retirement dream into a retirement nightmare. We can help you see how much risk you're taking, those potential red flags that could cause problems for you down the road, such as tax liability, as well as a big one, folks. How much are you paying in fees or commissions with your current plan or advisor? Contact Fred Sade at Money Matters USA, 800-593-8188, 593 8188
2: We're back with Money Matters USA. Fred Sade invites you to visit his website, moneymattersusa.net, moneymattersusa.net. And when you visit, you can hear the other 132 podcast and also definitely click the red light uh, tab there for the red light on the dashboard program you can learn about. Along with Fred today, Joe Peters, special guest, residential real estate agent with Colwell Banker, jpeters.com. Uh, you can learn more about Joe. We're talking about the housing market and great conversation uh, already. And we have a few more minutes left on the podcast. Joe, looking at generationally uh, speaking, as far as where the housing market will go, you know, it's still lots of boomers around its peak 65 year 2024. And about 10,000 boomers a day turn 65. And poor Gen X, the silent generation, they're kind of getting uh, once again overlooked. And another massive generation, the millennials are, it's kind of a yeah. changing of the guard. So do you Do you see any changes in housing trends with that?
3: It's interesting because one of my podcasts, if you go to jpeters.com, you'll find my podcast channel there. I had James Hughes or Jim Hughes from Rutgers on with me, and he sort of surprised me, but I wasn't. The more I think about it, the more he's absolutely correct. I said to him, Jim, what changes this year? And he said, nothing. We're going to have more of the same. Interest mm-hmm. rates are coming back down. Inflation isn't coming back down. We're mm-hmm. not building any more starting houses. So we go on and on and on. And then what happens as a result of that? Um, well, one could be some people living leaving the state. We're already the second or third largest state as far as people moving out. And we're losing the educated uh, at the 18 to 34, as we mentioned earlier, if that statistic is correct. Um, the other thing is we are living longer. Uh, that's one true. of my leads groups says people are lasting longer. It's like a shelf life. I said, well, that's sort of good for me anyway.
2: Uh,
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I like that idea. But at the same time, they're living longer and not moving out because they see themselves living another 10 or 20 years. And the house I've got is sitting over two and a quarter percent or maybe it's paid off and all I'm paying is taxes. And it's not so bad. They're in our way. And the, the things I've heard thrown out about it is maybe more multi-generational housing where we've seen this. We saw this back in the 50s where two or three generations would live together. Now we're seeing a lot of the immigration families are uh, multi-generational. And we're also seeing, according to one guy I listened to, use of land being changed a little so that if you've got a big lot, you got a three acre lot, maybe you can put a second house on it for the kids and so they don't have to at least pay for the land, which is probably a third of the cost of the house. Um, wow. It's, we don't see things changing rapidly. Uh, I think everything gravitates and you can look back and see the change, but looking forward, I don't think we see anything rapidly changing. Uh, is it
2: more changes in where people live? And did COVID and remote working, does that change the dynamics huh?
3: It has. And the developer I'm in, I, I live in Hunterdon County near uh, Clinton, New Jersey. And there's a lot of people here work for AT&T and Verizon, which is only 22 miles away. And some of them haven't gone to work in 10 years, so COVID had nothing to do with it. And okay. now they're being forced back into the office a couple of days a week. Okay. And so I think it has a reverse effect because um, it brings up another potential problem. It is a problem, not a potential, and that is. What happens to all this commercial real estate? You get a house, you get a 30-year mortgage, the interest rate doesn't change. You rent a office complex and you might have a three-year resettable loan on it and those stones are starting to reset and people are starting to walk. So mm. who is lending that money? It's the community banks. It's those little banks yeah. that you see going out of business. And We had lost the number one last week, I think, and lost about four earlier in the year. They're the lenders And I listened to Mr. Wonderful um, on podcast, uh, really YouTube. He's on probably once or twice a week. And he said, I own 57 businesses. My 57 businesses are all small businesses. That's where we're creating the jobs. Hmm. I can't borrow money. He said, I can't borrow regular money. I can't even borrow hard money, which means you go to a Shylock somewhere and pay (laughs) twice the interest. It's not there. And this this could be another slap so i think we have a lot of factors that aren't a great story but at the same time it's probably one of the best places to live and people that grew up here want to stay here and so what changes i don't i think we go through at least another year or so of what we went through last year small but steady increases on pricing first-time buyers are still going to be priced out of the market And we need to find creative ways to get the people that are living in the 4,000-square-foot homes with no kids in them. I'll give you an interesting statistic. Two-thirds of all the houses in New Jersey do not have a child of school age in them. Two-thirds.
0: Wow. Wow.
3: So you have people living in facilities they don't need, and you have people who need those facilities. And how do we construct that? I'm not sure you... Can reconstruct it quickly, but I think we need to come up with some programs that makes it start to shift a little. I think downtown living, uh, Somerville's a great example once again. I could see myself living in Somerville at some point in time. Um, the mayor, I, I haven't been introduced to the new mayor, but the old mayor did a couple of podcasts with me, and he says we call them, call them walking wallets. They walk downtown 28 <laughs> times a week, a month, 28 times a month, and eat something. He yeah. said. It's great. They they park on the edge of town. We don't have a traffic problem. We're only renting. We're not making the units big enough where they're going to have a large family because we don't want to no, in the school system. No. And uh, It's a great lifestyle, and people they're sold out.
2: Those they're were the trends out. for younger millennials, weren't they? Moving yes. more downtown?
3: Yeah, you're, you're, they're moving out of the Jersey City Bayonne area because of maybe a little more crime or a little more expense. And um, it's the train is still a two it's a it's not a one seat. stop in New York yet. you got to change it in Newark, but they'll get there. they got to build that third tunnel that they keep arguing about. Um, it's we're doing some things right. And I think maybe more suburban downtown living. I'd read another thing saying that because of technology, as we go forward 10, 20, 30 years, more people are going to live in urban re- than suburban hmm. environments because they're going to want all the things that are there, like walking downtown 28 times. Uh, Somerville's got it right. They almost went out of business when they opened the, the Bridgewater Mall, and now the mall yeah. is being closed. So
2: Yeah, we're going it, back to downtown. There's like yeah. there's an effort to revitalize yeah. the downtowns.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, real, it's really interesting. What about uh, just... Well, final question. What about Bridgewater? Bridgewater uh, seems to have houses that start right around between right 600,000, I th- yes. think. Yes.
3: Bridge, Bridgewater, <clears throat> I, I work in Warren Wachung, which is about 10 miles to the east. And Warren Watchung has a million, million-one starter yeah. house, where Bridgewater average price is about 600. And there's a lot of older houses in Bridgewater. The old post-World War IIs, those 600, 800 square foot, are now no. like three times because they kept building on. Um, but the tax rates keep it down. It's easy to commute in and out of Bridgewater. And it's got a large Asian group in Bridgewater. There's a couple of Indian temples there. There's a lot of uh, the farmer is drawing a Asian mm-hmm. talent in consistently. And I, the last statistic I saw was somewhere around 44% non-Caucasian for Bridgewater which is pretty high when you yeah. consider Hunterdon County is still at 82%. Um, it hasn't integrated the way it has there. And I think that's good news for Bridgewater.
0: Yeah, yeah. And great athletic facilities uh, through, through the county. Uh, you know, golf, pitch and putt, golf, regular golf course, tennis, uh, I mean, uh, track. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot Bridgewater has a lot to offer. It doesn't have the downtown. You got to go to you yeah. got to go to Raritan, uh, Raritan, the old Raritan for for that. Uh, uh, anyway, that's guess that's inside baseball now.
3: <laughs> well, Bridge, Bridgewater and Somerville and and Manville and uh, Raritan were all one town at one point in time, and over time they splintered off. And just studying the, the history of. Uh, Somerville. Through they're going to have the 250 year anniversary in '26. Um, George Washington had 8,800 people there in the winter of 1788, and there were only 600 people living in Somerville. They they grazed the horses all the way down to Princeton and all the way up huh. to Morristown. It was an amazing story. They have more interesting historical sites in Somerville, Bridgewater. Uh, Basking Ridge area. It's just yeah. Jockey Hollows, uh, whatever. It's a great historical place. It's a great place to live. Just an expensive place to live.
0: No, it's true. I, 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 my favorite uh, North Carolina barbecue restaurants in Manhill. Uh, huh. It's the only place that I know of that, that I can get North Carolina slaw. Really? Does it well. do well? Oh, yeah. It's called the Grub Hub, the Grub Hut, and uh, it's right on the main street. Yeah, and no, they, they have North Carolina. Yeah, you can get North Carolina slaw. Uh, it's the only place wow. that I know where I can get it, and I love it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, from, from your Duke there. days, right? <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Yeah, great well,
3: place. The economy is doing okay in New Jersey. I would not say it's great, but it's definitely not poor. And the the problems are still here. We don't have enough entry level, and we can't make the people that have been in their house for a long time move easily. But I think there's some answers. The downtown environment, the uh, maybe multifamily environment for some people. You get pushed into multifamily by accident um, when mom gets too old to live on her own. She's got to come live with somebody or go to a nursing home, and the nursing homes are super ex- good. They're good, but they're expensive, sure. and everybody makes the promise to mom, "I'm never going to put you in a nursing home." It's a promise you can't possibly keep in a mm-hmm. lot of cases, but people try. So. You do wind up in a multi-family multi-generational environment by accident. Getting people to allow multiple houses on their lot, that's another question I think. Wow.
0: Yeah, it's a Bergen County uh, challenge. That's where you see that. You see yeah. a lot of strange a lot of strange things in Bergen County housing.
2: <laughs> so it's like the boomers, the sandwich generation have their parents and their kids living with yeah.
0: them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's very strange. Uh, wow. You, people will say, well, my address is this, that, or the other thing, but you can't use that because we've combined three lots and we have two houses on them. So this is is the right address.
2: Wow, wow. Good stuff. Great stuff, Brett. Um, And Joe, uh, good conversation. Again, JoePeters.com. I mean, JPeters. JPeters.com.
3: And if somebody wants to talk to me, 908-304-4660, just give me a shout.
2: Great. We'll put this information on uh, the podcast, uh, all the landing pages and whatnot. Uh, uh, Fred, uh, any any closing comments from either of you?
0: Yeah, I I think this is a great conversation. It's always a a real estate, you know, housing is always a challenge. There's always people always say they're going to relocate. In fact, uh, maybe a third of them do. Most people just stay put for, for for cost reasons, for comfort, for familiarity, uh, because they do have a low mortgage rate uh, uh or they have none and it's just easier to stay put uh all of the and new jersey is is challenged uh, it's a high cost uh state uh, and but you know then when you have kids and grandkids and and great grandkids you don't want to leave because you want to have a relationship with them so all right. of that gets 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 factored uh that's factored in. Then we have inflation on top of it. It's not coming down anytime soon. Maybe it won't. Uh, you know, the rate of increase will slow. But, you know, th- these are just the realities of it, and you have to cope with them as, as, best, you, as best you can. And, um, uh, you know, and if you're in the market for, you know, housing or you're thinking about it, Joe's a great resource, and uh, you should get in touch with him.
3: And Fred, I appreciate our relationship because we we originally met and uh, kept in touch, and yes, I value it. It's, uh, it's a, a person I'm going to have on my podcast in early March is the guy that runs the Raritan Valley Community College, uh, Mike. McNeil. Oh, Mike. And Mike, uh, he, uh, he 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 did a closing for the Somerset County Executive Breakfast last week. And he knocked their socks off. They're actually going to have on-site living there going forward. Wow. The, the The college is booming with uh, opportunity. And I know a um, fellow who runs his physical plant there is um, a client of mine. And he tells me some of the things that are going on. And it's just an amazing, it's, it's a very integrated problem and solution. Um, I I deal mostly in Hunter and Somerset County. I've got a property or two in Union County now and then, but um the the two counties get along well and uh it's just different. Uh, people say to me as a realtor, what's the real difference between Hunterdon and Somerset? I said if you want to turn horse left it to horses and right it to cows, you want Hunterdon County. <laughs> <laughs> we have some of that in Somerset, yeah. but we have most of it in Hunterdon. And Somerset's just closer in, the smaller lots, it's the same cost, if not more. And it's a great place to live as well.
0: Yeah. More
3: ethnically challenged and I'll just close with this. This is probably a six, seven year ago conversation. I was over in the hills somewhere showing in a gated community. And uh, I had a fellow from, uh, I, I can't tell you where he was if I was a guest, Pakistan. Um, and I said, if I get you to follow me five miles on 100 County, we can find the house you want at the price you want. He says, yeah, but I'm going to tell you what we don't have in 100 County that we have here. We're integrated. We have the schools. We have the temples. We have the markets. We're not leaving it. We're not going to redevelop what we have here. So Somerset no. is a great place to live for that yeah. reason. And yeah. it's a great place to live in general. They're, they're both great yeah. areas.
0: Yeah, it is. And it is multi-ethnic. You can find just about anything you want in right. Somerset County, and which is why we place. live there. I'm gonna look mm. the
3: place up in in some uh, Manville you mentioned. That sounds great, the Carolina. Oh yeah,
0: if you like North Carolina, if you like North Carolina barbecue, uh, Kansas City barbecue, uh, it's a good place.
3: Sounds cool, Fred. Thank you for having me on.
2: Our pleasure. Great conversation. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much, Joe. Joe Peters, again, jpeters.com. For Fred, Money Matters moneymattersusa.net, and you can reach out to Fred to schedule. Fred's focus, of course, is retirement planning, 800-593-8188, 800-593-8188, and thanks so much for joining us on Money Matters USA.